0: Hello everyone and welcome to When Life Gives You Lemons, our wee podcast about tackling and coping with some of life's challenges, hosted by me Jenny McIntyre and founder of Let's, Michael Byrne.
1: Hi everyone, it's Michael Byrne here, back with another episode of When Life Gives You Lemons. I think I This is episode 11 and as always I'm joined by the fantastic Jenny McIntyre. How are you today Jenny?
0: Hello. Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you, Michael. How are you?
1: I'm great, thanks. I'm great. It's incredible to think that when we started this eleven weeks ago, that we'd now be on eleven week eleven. I don't think we really envisaged that way back at the beginning.
0: Oh, I I know. I mean I think I've said it before. in a sense this kind of lockdown experience feels like it's gone on forever and in other times it feels like it's gone in the blink of an eye. Um don't get me wrong now, since the kind of lockdown restrictions have been relaxed slightly i feel slightly more back to normal um not a hundred percent and i suppose it's been made much easier the fact that we're allowed to go to other people's gardens and things uh, the weather's been good so i know when the weather turns yeah. we'll maybe feel slightly more locked down again um
1: no it's uh i mean a, a chap next to me had almost like a, a small garden gathering on on saturday and uh went on for a wee while and my wee boy was saying, Dad, what's going on? Yeah,
0: I know. <laughs> All these people. For 10
1: weeks, whenever he's out in the garden, it's been, it's been silence and there's been no one around. It's like, Dad, I can hear other voices. Where are we? I know. What's going
0: on? I was trying to think where it was, actually. I was out on, because it has felt noisier, but then I was out on my bike the other day. Where was I? Oh, I don't know where I was, but I turned into this street and I was cycling along. And I... have you ever seen the Truman Show? I felt like I was on the Truman Show because it was so, everything was so quiet, it was so still, Mm -hmm. it was so peaceful and it was like, I just felt like I was, I was (laughs) Truman. Yeah, on a stage. So so there is, there is still kind of that eerie feeling at points, but it's, it's definitely, there's a lot more hustle and bustle going on.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of strange and I think that because it was such a, such a glorious weekend but it was relatively short notice as well wasn't yeah. it you know that we got told on the Thursday that come the Friday uh, you could have a gathering of eight in your garden and so on and at the worst I never had any gathering the weekend for me was just exactly the same as, as every other weekend uh, although we did go and visit uh, my mother-in-law and socially distance and kind of got her a wee um, you know like kind of cream tea thing mm-hmm. that you can get delivered and stuff like that yeah. and we took uh, my wee boy down to see her but as good as it was, you still socially. You know, you're doing the distancing thing, and my wee guy wants to go into your house and stuff like that, and you're saying, "No, you can't." Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Does not make sense to you? But why can I not go into Gran's? I know, you know,
0: I know. So. And but actually, Michael, see, by the time Sunday came, I was meant. One of my friends had said she was going to put the barbecue on, and did I want to get around and, mm-hmm. and this was on Sunday, and actually, I was like. <laughs> No, I don't want <laughs> to come. I've seen too many people now. <laughs> I'm quite happy no, to in my own garden, thank you. <laughs>
1: it's that, that, I think that's the transition, isn't it? You know that I think Saturday it was like 27, 20 degrees, so when I was out in a back garden, it felt very Mediterranean, and I thought this, you know, I, I know as Leswegians always complain about the weather, it's too hot or it's too cold, but it actually felt really, really warm, so... I didn't want my son kind of kicking out the back garden too much. He'd have had the sun cream on. So we were kind of in and out. But I actually felt that Monday was nicer. Um, you know, just the temperature had dropped slightly. Yeah. And you could get the back, But it was just quieter. It went, it's almost as if it was back to work Monday as well. Yeah. That there was no one really out in their gardens. And, and people, maybe people were back or going back to work. I'm not too sure. Yeah, I think
0: but... there's a bit of that as well. And as you say like the novelty kind of wears off. <laughs>
1: I know. <laughs> so what we, for anyone listening, we have decided that this will be the last episode in series one. I think we've concentrated quite a lot on the lockdown and, and mental health and all these other things, which have been fantastic. And we've actually met some incredible, virtually met uh, some incredible people over the past 10, 11 weeks. And we're just going to maybe talk about some stuff we've learned, but we're going to do a series two um, that will be almost like post lockdown. Um, so, stay tuned after Series 1, we'll, we'll be back after Series 1, but we'll just tend to have, we'll try and have a different flavour of uh, what actually is, and, uh, we'll, you know, we'll try and reflect what's actually going on in society as well, won't we?
0: Yeah, absolutely, I know you and I have kind of discussed it, and I think it would be nice as things start to develop um, with the kind of COVID-19 situation, that we kind of almost turn the page and, and look to the future, so it would be be quite nice and yeah we're going to kind of reflect on some of the stuff because i mean we have had so many people on and for me i've learned so much and taken so much away from everything that we've kind of discussed or or the guests have discussed and things um because it was a way back well 11 weeks ago now and the very first one was coping in isolation Mm
1: -hmm. um which just kind of touched on That that was just kind of tips wasn't it yeah
0: um yeah absolutely and for me that feels like so long ago. <laughs> so, um, did stick I
1: hope to... people adhered to the tips or liked the tips. Well but...
0: I know did you stick to to your own tips Michael
1: Pretty much yeah I mean I'm still <laughs> I still get up at the same time I still have a lunch at lunch time you know the the kind of time that I would allocate for lunch in a normal day. Uh I generally cook from scratch as well a bit of lunch you know yeah uh, so healthy and it's interesting because during this whole period, I'm trying to go meat-free,
0: mm-hmm.
1: meat and dairy-free, um, just because, as I've said, I kind of like working out in the, the garage uh, gym. So I kind of I thought during this time I would take a wee opportunity to see if I could go meat-free and try and make some meals that you know were substitutes for steak, chicken, you know, whatever. And and I've really enjoyed that. I've been, I've been meat-free now for about three or four weeks, but that pretty much came from you know, if I was making meals from scratch, then I could make a meal from scratch that was meat-free. It really didn't make, you know, it wasn't that much extra effort to get what I think is a bit more of a benefit from it. So, uh, and I know that that was one of the tips, actually, you know, spend a bit of time uh, really look at, you know, making things that you've maybe never made before and stuff like that. So I kind of really enjoy that. Yeah.
0: And are you using things like corn or are you replacing it with something else like lentils? I've,
1: I've been using, I've been using, I wasn't using corn, to begin with but i've started using corn chicken and corn mince and maybe making burgers out of the mince and maybe like uh, corn chicken fajitas and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so that it's kind of all peppers and onions and uh, or making make a curry with the chicken and uh, the corn chicken pieces and uh, chickpeas and you know kind of making it authentic i've been using the corn mince for like bolognese because my As much as I want to do it, you know, I kind of have to make sure my wife's okay with it as well, because I kind of tend to make dinner, you know, if I'm making a bolognese, be tasteful for my wife as well. So she's kind of adapted to that as well. Um, And I've changed my milk from regular milk to um, soya milk and um, so stuff like that, which, you know, I think they always recommend that we make changes like that. You make them gently. You don't jump on, you know, all in to begin with. And um, so I've I've really enjoyed it. And you feel Um,
0: better for it
1: for me I've noticed the difference in my recovery from when I'm working out right and to when I work out again that you know I'm I'm 50 so I'm not you know my recovery slightly, takes slightly longer than it would have done you know 20 years ago or whatever but um I certainly don't feel the aches and pains of you know what I what I used to when I was eating meat because I would eat a lot of chicken I would eat a lot of you know poultry and turkey and lean meat and stuff like that mm-hmm. and I don't feel that it's done me, I don't feel that it's been detrimental in any way. Um, probably it's, it's a bit healthier. Probably my internals are probably a lot healthier. You know, maybe my cholesterol's dropped and things like that. Um, but it's just, I've just enjoyed it more than it doesn't feel like a, you know, a labour or anything like that. So I, I've kind of enjoyed that. And not that I'm anti meat or anti anything, the fast it. it's just a choice that I'm going for. And I'm, you know, I, I wouldn't say that I would never eat meat again i don't have any political view on you know meat industry or anything like that i, I don't have a view on it uh, i'm just trying to eat a wee bit healthier to you know get some longevity probably in my life more than anything else yeah
0: and i think when when you've got the time i mean if you're trying to implement things like that into like a busy busy life schedule yeah. and it's trying to think of ideas for right okay what what can i have then um but when you're given it all this time it's that's when you can really do your experimenting and things like that. So it was a perfect time for you to pick to, to kind of start to lean that way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it had it been uh, you know, had it been pre COVID, I wouldn't have made those changes because mm-hmm. probably like yourself, you're running around the city or wherever your country to, to meetings and you're maybe if you're lucky you've thought, Oh, I'm you know, I'm getting up to, to do a job, I'll I'll take a sandwich with me in the car and I can eat it. Uh, when I pull in or whatever, um, that I would maybe think that far ahead, but it would be basic stuff, you know. Um, but actually having the time, um, to prepare it, I try and do it like a day in advance. So I made, I made the uh, corn bolognese yesterday for today. So um, and I better think about what I'm having tomorrow today as well. Then actually, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, so I uh, it's just. But you know yourself, it's utilising that time because it would be really easy, I think we said that in a very early stage, it would be really easy to have a, a sleeping regimen that meant you didn't get up till 10, 11, you could lounge about during the day and you become a night owl and it upsets your, your bodily routine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we all said at that point in time that would be quite disastrous because mm-hmm. you turn night into day and vice versa, it's not going to be good, you know, and not good in a lot of man, a lot of ways, you know.
0: I think the the one tip that I took most away from, um, and I'm so glad I did it, um, was, you know, like kind of disengaging from too much social media, mm-hmm. because I found very quickly things it was just your news or your timeline or whatever platform you're on, it it can become so negative, yeah, and that and if you're looking at that constantly, that can really really get to you. So I made a really conscious effort to only be kind of going on things for certain periods of time. I don't even think I, re- I even went on Facebook. I took everything off my phone for a wee while, but then obviously with work and things, you've got to kind of still yeah, keep, keep certain things. But um, that was definitely the, the one tip that I really, really stuck by and I, I felt so much better for it.
1: Yeah, I think in those early days, it was wall-to-wall coverage and a lot of it was was negative, And no stories about survivors it was all just about the mounting um number of number of deaths and um it really was it was you know it was a, a plague of negativity and mm-hmm. you know i know that i kept trying to go on about the positives that there there are people surviving this we just don't hear about it but to um counter that would be best not to you know have sky news on a bbc news or whatever mm-hmm. um wall-to-wall just a few i think i remember saying something like, you know if you normally get your news at Eight in the morning by logging onto your news app on your phone, then continue to do that uh, for five or ten minutes. And if you get it at tea time by watching the six o'clock news, if there is such a thing now, um, get it that way. But don't sit and uh, overdose on the the negativity. And and I think that you know this time later, you know this time later, it's kind of moved on from COVID to uh, all the stuff that's happened um, in the states with uh, the George Flynn chap and. So, you know, I think it just shows that whatever happens at the time is almost like wall-to-wall coverage and we can get so consumed and absorbed by it, particularly all of that negativity back in the early mm-hmm. days. But it certainly doesn't feel that way now. But um, but again, we're 40,000 deaths further down the line and it's, that in itself is pretty alarming.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And don't get me wrong, I, I, from what I believe, we're making steady progress. Um, So long may it continue, if, if we all are still kind of sticking to what the kind of rules and guidelines are
1: so what other things were the highlights for you i mean not that there were any lowlights, so it's really difficult to say we had this this person speak and that was better than anyone else i, I, I thoroughly enjoyed everyone i thought everyone brought something totally unique and totally different to
0: absolutely us. and i know i don't know if i've ever said it on a podcast but i've definitely said it to you Is i can't wait for the day we can get all these guests together you and i because me and you haven't even met i know and like just I'll go for a beer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've really enjoyed kind of having all the guests on. Don't get me wrong; even the kind of episodes here and there where we just kind of had a wee chat and um, kind of reflected on a few things. But um, yeah, all the guests have been really, really good. And like you say, one one doesn't stand out any more than the other. Are.
1: Yeah, I like the I like I like the Lexus. Um liked Alexis' story. And the one thing that I took from that, and it, you know, Alexis and I have had many conversations, but every time I hear Alexis speaking, it, something different comes out to me. But it's that thing that Alexis said about the normalisation of your environment and that when she was uh, on tour and, you know, bullets are whizzing past and bombs are going off, um, that that was... That was not that was normal, and your mind accepted that as normal. And yeah, I, th- I remember you and I speaking about it, saying that to, to lay people, we can. I think how how would you ever get used to bullets whizzing past you and bombs? But I I took from that, that how incredible your mind is that can normalise a situation like that mm-hmm. to your to your detriment later on, obviously. But it's the coping mechanism at that point in time, and and I always remember that sticks with me that your mind normalises situations sometimes to get you through it to other people would absolutely not be a normal situation
0: no and the big thing for me is how how can anybody then kind of go through all that and come home and just kind of fit comfortably back into what what we would see as normal life um so that's something that i just can't even begin to fathom um
1: yeah, and I think that's something that Paul touched on uh, in his episode as well, wasn't it? Yeah,
0: the, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Um,
1: how difficult it can be to, I think Paul refers to Cevy Street or whatever to become a civilian again, where you're on such high alert by being in the, the the military or a you know military area, you're on such a high alert to then just be, you know, Paul and Alexis who just go to shop and do in Street on a Saturday afternoon, and how how would your how would that tour that you've been on not affect how you'd reacted on a Saturday afternoon in town or, or whatever it may be? It's just incredible.
0: really is. And as well, again, with with absolutely everyone, and yourself included, Michael, the bravery of being able to then, you know, move on, recover, um, but then just be able to kind of come onto to a podcast or stand up in front of a group of people and talk about those experiences um, is, again, a bravery that that I could never understand to be
1: honest but i think that you know being being part of that it's almost like and i think alexis paul myself and pretty much and and letham spoke about it as well that you almost have to go through the process of absolute failure Uh, and and i don't mean that in a bad way of failure or you're a failure i just mean in terms of breaking down or have or having to go through the adverse effects of it to then actually become strong enough to find the resilience to say I'm going to, I'm going to deal with this and I'm not ashamed to speak about it anymore and almost like challenge your mind to do it. And I think that that's probably the consistent thing from everyone that was spoken to. And I think Aaron said the same, Aaron said the same thing that, you know, you kind of almost have to get to the point of breakdown or really, really where there's no way back to realise that the best way forward is is up and, and you know, overcome it as best you can. hmm
0: hmm absolutely. Um, another big one that stands out for me is um, Latham. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he was just fantastic. Engaged Beautiful, wasn't he? Engaged the dream, and and even his whole story of, um, do you know, when he started working in that hotel, and a big yeah. part of it was like meditation and mindfulness and inclusion. And I just think we need to have more people like that in the world.
1: I I, I heard Latham say that when I met Latham last year, and. In um uh in St Andrews. Uh so I was Latham and I were both engaged to do a talk to this big, big organisation and Latham went on before me. I think Latham was on at half past nine. We didn't know each other, uh, and we'd had breakfast in the same restaurant and I'd kinda noticed Latham, but we didn't speak. I sat on my own at a different table and Latham sat on his own at another one. And when Latham went on stage and I was sitting at a table. I was sitting there blown away by mm-hmm. his story. And and a lot of that is what he spoke about uh, when we had him on. And the bit that you're talking about always stuck with me. And it was always about how this chap in the hotel wanted to make a difference to everyone who was a customer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it impacted that onto the staff to say, look, we can, we can make people have beautiful experiences in our hotel. You know, whether it's a wedding, whether it is whatever it may be. And isn't that such a beautiful outlook as an employer or as a boss or even just a human being that, look, we can really make a difference to people's lives here.
0: Absolutely. Um, And I'm so glad that um, I ended up with his phone number because he he continuously messages, not continuously messages, but he he messages his um, fantastic videos over of him dancing with hats they? things like that. He's just such
1: a... Well, I'll tell you, see, at the end of his talk, so he had asked me just before he went on stage, because we were sharing a table, could I be a cheerleader? <laughs> okay, and, I didn't, and I didn't know what he meant. And he gave me this, you know, like a yeah. tinkle bell. You know, like one, like, you used to see in the old movies when someone wanted something to ring the bell and uh, uh, someone would come and serve them. So he gave me that and I had no idea what it was for. So I kind of forgot all about it. And then in the last five minutes of his talk, a song came on. And it was Love Is in the right. Air. You remember the song Love uh-huh, in the uh-huh. Air? And uh, by John Paul Young. And so the song came on and Letham started to tell everyone that look, what you need is love. Love is in the air, love conquers everything. And he then said, And can all my Conga people or two hundred people start a conga <laughs> in the Hall? And you know, my my two years ago my inhibitions, my inhibitions would have been absolutely no, I can't do this in But now, you know, because I came through the break, then I was like, absolutely. And sure, you know, you just start a big line and then everyone joined in. And it was this one massive conga all around this hall full of professionals who had paid a lot of money to be there. And everyone joined in and it was fantastic. And it finished. And then I suddenly realised, my goodness, I'm up next. (laughs) How How on earth am I going to get everyone back engaged to talk about Story, yeah, did you get everybody to beautiful.
0: do the Macarena then, and you got up?
1: <laughs> well, do you know, I'm rubbish at dancing, but if I could have, I would have got some Northern Soul music on, and a would got Paul Weller and got everyone dancing away, but I always remember that, and after I did my talk, Latham and I uh, ended up chatting away together, and I drove to the train station um, home, and we've kept in contact ever since, and it's one of the most beautiful things that I've been involved in during my career of setting up my business and all that sort of stuff is the friendship that i've uh, developed with uh Letham. and all based on that that morning and it's a bit like the dot to dots you know that um that happened there and then we've managed to get with on our show as well so it's it's beautiful you know it's this whole serendipitous thing that i really like i think like, what it you know?
0: teaches you as well is not to take yourself or life too seriously um let go Absolutely. it's okay
1: because, you know, it's, for me, the one thing, I, a lot of things I've learned is that nobody cares. No. When you're having all of those thoughts inside, you have a better of no doubt because I'm going to look silly or I'm going to look this or your own pride or whatever these things that the voices are telling you in the head, they're mm. all wrong because everyone at that exact moment in time is having the same thought, but people are still going and doing it. So would you rather be the person who just went and done it and enjoyed themselves and gave yourself a fantastic memory or would you rather be the person that sat there thinking, I wish I could do it? I wish I could do it. Because all it takes to do it is just to stand up and join in. And I know that that can be difficult, but what fantastic memories I've got of, you know, congoing around that hall with complete strangers uh, and then having to compose myself to then go up on stage. And as a professional, I, I loved mm-hmm. that challenge. It was great. And to hear Latham speak so kindly about how, you know, he enjoyed my talk and everything after that. Um, but Um, i love that memory and as i said two years ago perhaps slightly more when i was in my breakdown, i would never have done something like that so i think it is just sometimes about i think we spoke a lot about just challenge yourself whether that be through you know uh duathlons or just getting up and creating something uh, you know when you challenge yourself the rewards Mm -hmm. can be fantastic i know know? and just
0: when you kind of touch on the nobody cares um type thing even to kind of if i'm doing a weightlifting competition and you you get three shots at the snatch and three shots at the clean and jerk but if you miss you have to get one Mm -hmm. of each to make a total otherwise you call it you've bombed out so it's Mm -hmm. that thought of oh my god what if i get out here in front of all these people and i miss every single lift but actually what i really know is nobody cares nobody cares if i miss all my lifts or and actually 90 percent of the people aren't watching you, they're just there to wait for mm. for their lifts do you know that reason, you always their have care? to have that in the back yes. of your head that Jenny, nobody's even watching you, like <laughs> who do you even think you are yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, but I think that's the crippling yeah. thing isn't it, that we can listen to those wee negative things in our head that says, oh, what if I go out and I make a fool of myself, what if I do this, what if I do that, but actually what you should say, what you can say to yourself is but what if I go out and my first um, lift yeah. I do it brilliant. What if I just nail it first time and I'm out of there, and or I'm into the next round or whatever? And that's the voice you really want in your mind. And I think that's that sometimes can be the separator for a lot of people. You can either be crippled by the the fact that the worry of getting things wrong, or absolutely enthralled by the fact that actually I'm going to give this a go and I'm going to I'm going to succeed. Or you know whether it's on my first or second or third attempt. And, um, but I agree with you, and it, it's something that I've came to terms with that. And you know it's in my book, and we can come on to that at some point. Um, but it's what I say that you know. See, when you absolutely lose the fear of anyone's mm-hmm. judgment, you're free. You're absolutely free because you're not walking down the street thinking, God, do I look okay? Mm-hmm. Is my hair okay? Um is is the color of my top? Does everybody like the color of my top? Because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. As long as you're happy. As long as you like the color of your top. As long whatever. That's all that matters. It's no one else's thoughts. Because the reality is, is that. The person coming towards you is thinking, "I wonder if the person, I wonder if they like mm-hmm. my top, or I wonder if my hair is okay." Because we're all thinking exactly yeah. the same thing. We just don't. Feel like and that, sometimes, you know? as
0: well, it's the fear of your own judgment. Um, But it's it's about kind of trying to eliminate that almost imposter in your brain and having that self belief and self confidence. Um,
1: it, it's it's the kind of I think I've said it before that you know if you. If the voice in your mind or if your mind, if you just seen it as your friend or your, your sister or, or whomever was your family member and that person spoke to you as negatively as your mind could and does, you would say to your relative or your friend, look, please just encourage me because I really need your encouragement mm-hmm. this time. I'm you know, facing a challenge and I would just really like your encouragement because encouragement will get me so much further than disencouragement. Um, and you would have that conversation, but we tend not to have that conversation with our mind and tend to let our mind bully us into thinking, oh, yeah, I, I might feel one of these things that I might feel. But actually, what you say is, "No, oh, but I might know. And the likelihood will be that I've prepared properly, I've eaten, I've slept, I've done all these things, I've lifted this weight 100 times or whatever, I know that mm-hmm. I can do this. Um, and it changes it, but it's, it can be hard to get on top of your mind. Absolutely, you know?
0: and that was one thing that stuck for me, with me as well. I don't know if that was the episode... One, your analogy of the the negative thoughts and the cars passing by.
1: Yeah, blue car thoughts. Um,
0: so that's that's one thing that's kind of stuck with me the last few weeks as well. Um, so all...
1: Yeah, I, had, uh, I loved your story and I, the, the, the the story of yourself with uh, weightlifting and being in the uh, uh, the Commonwealth game team. All of that, it inspires me so much when I go into my garage and I try and do some squats, and I try and do whatever, I think of you and how capable you were of being able um, to get into that uh, Commonwealth team and the training that you must have went through. And I always think 800 calories, how <laughs> on earth do you get by Oh, it's not today?
0: good. It's not good having that.
1: <laughs> but it was the strength that you had to get through that. Uh, and, I, and maybe because I'm going and doing that physical activity, which is doing some weights or whatever. But uh, I always think of, you know, how you overcame all of those challenges and that mental strength that you had to, um, you know, compete at that level. And I just, I completely admire it. I think it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, but, I, and I think I probably touched on it during the story, but you, you can't live like that forever. So I think no, course, that's yeah. part of what your brain's telling you. It's like, let's just push as hard as we can here because, you know, this is only for a certain period of time type thing. Because yeah, don't get me wrong, you can't live on six to 800 calories a day
1: forever. Um, oh, I, I don't think I can live on that for a morning, <laughs> no, never mind anything else. And I kind of roughly generally count my calories in the berry roughly just so that I think you know I'm not eating too many much more and all that sort of stuff and kind of put my um uh good work to you know a bad ending. But um, but I, I you know when you think that a protein shake with some oatmeal and you know milk in it can be roughly about 400, and I sometimes think to myself. How did Jenny just get by on know, two of these a day after? But it's that, it's that strictness, but that dedication to what you were doing at the time. And I completely my That's it. one thing
0: that I've actually loved about the lockdown is um, I've been exercising. So I've gone from training or exercising once a day to now now I train or exercise twice a day. But the, 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 the one thing I love about it is I can now eat much more. So I've, like, introduced a bowl of cereal before my bed now. So I know when, like, things start to pick up again and you're busier and you you can't commit to those, that's when you have to start, like, kind of cutting out bits of food here and there.
1: Mm. I'm looking forward to the the gyms reopening and stuff like that, just in terms of mixing things up a wee bit and almost getting that sense of, you know, um, mixing up again and just actually being in the you know, in the environment of other people being around sure. you, you know, and I think that we all need a bit of human contact. I know we were joking earlier about garden parties and all that sort of stuff, but I think at least to be aware that there are other people around you, I mean, it can have a negative impact on you, but I think in the right circumstances, it can be a really positive thing to just know that you're in amongst other people and um, that you're kind of in a controlled environment um, and that uh, actually, you, you can talk to people you know whether it be two meters apart but actually just having conversations that are different from ones that you know you've been having with whoever's in your household mm-hmm. and zoom calls and stuff like that you and know?
0: do you think you'll feel safe michael um and the, like kind of going back to kind of normality and gyms and things and the only reason i ask that is because the last few weeks i've seen a kind of a lot of polls and statistics about what people will and won't feel safe doing
1: mm-hmm. moving forward the week before lockdown, I thought that the gym that I was going to had fantastic precautions. Uh, I thought that everything was spaced out a couple of meters apart. Machines had been closed down. So, for instance, there's a, a long row of running machines. So every second one was closed off that, you know, so that people weren't running side by side. And the one in front was closed off. So, you know, it was almost like a pattern mm-hmm. effect. Um, And they had plenty of cleaning materials and everyone was, was pretty much team to it. So... Um, I kind of felt okay in that environment, and I think I would feel okay again. Um, but I kind of have to try it. Um, for me, biggest thing, you know, is when I hear and people not to the arrows and the kind of linear system that's in aisles and all of that. Uh, and I, I, you know, I get more concerned going to the supermarket or you know, for me, it's the local ASDA. But um, people just don't seem to. It's almost like when you go in there you know the rules don't apply but again that's just my own personal experience of what's going on I want to comply with the rules the same as it, you know the same as the majority of people and I think that if people adhere to the rules then that may well reduce the the danger what about yourself how do you feel about it sorry Sorry, Michael
0: it cut out a wee bit there
1: uh, no, I was just saying, uh, how how do you feel about uh, going back to kind of like non-lockdown meeting, you know, mixing in company or, or going to supermarkets or gyms or, or you know, that sort of thing?
0: Um, do you know, I generally feel okay uh, with things. I'm following all the kind of precautions and things like yeah. that. My concern is that I pass it on to somebody who's maybe vulnerable or, do you know, high risk or something like that, because... I'm quite co- confident. I mean, you maybe shouldn't be overly confident, but I'm quite confident if I did, unfortunately, catch it, like, I would be okay. But it's it's other people you've got to kind of worry about. In terms of feeling safe, I, I do generally feel safe in, in most places that I go to, as long as you're following the guidelines and everything like yeah. that. Um, And I think I'm kind of getting to a stage now where when we're talking about different conversations and things... I'm definitely getting to a stage now where I'm fed up of Zoom, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. um,
0: and and to see other people, and that's why the weekend was so good. There, just to kind of see other people, have different conversations, and even you're still sitting in a garden, but just to even sit in somebody else's garden, it makes you feel mm-hmm. so much better, even if it's just for a couple of hours. Or yeah. um, there's an element of
1: freedom that comes with yeah, it. Yeah,
0: absolutely, it. and I think it just kind of gives you that bit of
1: what's the word. Yeah, it's or, a boost. I don't know. Um, lifts, but, but yeah, it lifts your morale and your spirits, and you know, it's like if you take away hope from everyone, there's there's no purpose, really. You know, without hope, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you give hope and, you're, and you have hope and purpose in your life, whether that you know the hope might be that you know in six weeks time we can return to normal, in six months time maybe you can go on holiday or whatever. But you've got hope that these things happen, rather than you know catastrophizing thinking. I can't do this, I can't do that. And I think we spoke about that a couple of times about looking at the positives of what the situation allows you to, to do. So positive thing just now is to, you know, go into someone's garden and you know, spend a bit of time with them. And if you don't feel that you're capable of doing it for too long, that's also okay Mm -hmm. as well. you only want to go for 10 minutes, then that's okay. It's 10 minutes more than you had done previously. So Yeah, absolutely.
0: um... I mean, at, at times I can be terrible for kind of cabin fever and I constantly need to be on the go. And then that's when you can maybe start kind of overthinking and feeling kind of a bit anxious or whatever. So now you can really take comfort from the fact that whenever you do feel like that, you're actually allowed to just kind of nip out and see somebody for a wee while, yeah. whereas before it was maybe right. Okay, let's put the trainers on and go out for a walk. Um, yeah. But you're still kind of then at that point yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And 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 I, you know, the way I'm still doing the talks. I'm still doing a lot of talks just now for a variety of reasons. But um one of the things I talk about as well and we've mentioned this is that when a child is born the first thing that they're, that, that, that happens to them is they're put on usually the mum but you know sometimes it happens to be the dad the dad's chest for connection warmth love effect you know to feel that thing right away mm-hmm. and here we are um you know saying that kids can't go and see um grandparents or whatever you know whoever the carers may be uh and i know that you know my son you know is missing uh, his grand. um and, you know, it's perfectly it, it's perfectly normal to miss, but it's a really strange environment now where we're saying that engagement that's been built up over a number of years stops. Yeah. Um And I think that that in itself is, is difficult for people. You know, I think in the early stages, people were thinking, you know, this is only three weeks, we can get through it. Um, and I think that had at the beginning, they said it was going to be 11 or 12 weeks, I think that would have been a real disaster for people. But as long as people have got hope, you know, you can get through it. And the hope is that, you know grandkids can get to go and see grandparents or people can you know return to a, a life that they can cope with and understand and they're capable of living it to the, the most that they can and I think all those things are really positives but I equally think that there'll be some people who think I don't want to go out I don't want to catch it I'm still scared I don't believe what's going on outside that we're all okay to do something and I think that's perfectly normal and understandable as well
0: yeah absolutely um and on a kind of again a positive note i think we we should as a kind of nation be so proud of the fact of of how we have kind of and i know alexis's um, episode was called this but how we've kind of adapt learned to adapt and overcome the situation so things like okay let's be doing like street street pub quizzes or zoom pub quizzes Mm -hmm. or let's start baking or let's try become a vegetarian and let's buy a bike and um some people have kind of really embraced the opportunity to to try and develop new skills and things. Um, but it's something to be really proud of.
1: Absolutely. I, I, I think I've said that before, that, you know, if you, when we get through all of this, the majority of people are going to look back and go, do you know what, I've done it. I got through it. I didn't think it was capable of getting through it, but I got through it. And I think that will give people an enormous amount of pride. Uh, and hopefully this is a kind of once in a lifetime event that you know, we can all look back on and think, remember that summer of 2020, where for three months nobody could go out? And we kind of look back on it and think, but do you know what, we got through it. And I've seen some polls and stuff like that that say, and again, a poll is a poll, you know, but it says that most people who were asked don't want life to return to what it was prior to lockdown, in whatever format that may be. And, you know, and without being political in any way, I'm not trying to be, but people would like to see the world changing as a result of this in a positive way. And I think that's amazing.
0: So you've mentioned the gym, um, Michael, as well. See, what would be the, so every restriction's lifted. It's a Friday and every restriction's lifted. So you're absolutely free to do whatever you like on the Saturday. What do you do?
1: Oh my goodness. Um I'd probably go for a bite to eat with my wife and my son. Um, I'd probably like to go and do that. You know, if every restriction was lifted and there was no health implications and all of that sort uh-huh. stuff, I'd probably like to just go out for a bite to eat, um, a lunch somewhere, just, you know, the three of us. Um, and then on Sunday, I would go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think my wife would kill me if I said, oh, restrictions are lifted, I'm away to the gym and I'll see you later. Um, but yeah, I think it would be try to do uh, something that the three of us quite like to do prior to lockdown and yeah you know, that's taking family you know going and seeing you know family I said I just mean my family as the three of us I think it would just be to go and maybe have a bite to eat maybe somewhere that we kind of like to go to eat what about yourself
0: oh well I've, I'm have what I mean one of my friends were discussing it the other week and we actually made it like a long weekend so I'm off right. on the Friday and the Monday <laughs>
1: Stretch out it, as long as you can
0: it is it is just simple things like going to the gym. I think I've mentioned it before, like I love to go for a sauna. Yeah. Um. There's a place in Irvine that I love to go for breakfast. So it's just really simple things that we probably all took for granted. I, I, it's
1: nothing I, you know, extravagant. You know, and then if, you know, if, if, I, if on the Sunday I could go to the gym, that would be great. And then on the Monday, my wife would go back to work. My son would go to nursery <laughs> and I would go to the movies. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's just me. all these things. Um, but these are the kind of conversations that we can start having now because Definitely. hopefully as the weeks go on, these are the kind of things that, uh, I don't know about saunas, but these are the kind of things that are hopefully going in the next few weeks or months are going to start to kind of happen again.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, there is, there's a, still a lot of positives that we can have in life whatever the restrictions may be um there are still a lot of positives and you know shops will be opening up and my wife was telling me uh you know recently i'm, I'm trying to go meat free as i said and that doesn't really apply to my wife but my we like greek food so little we're doing a, a kind of week thing you know the the, the greek week a couple of weeks ago so i went and i bought like butter beans and tomato sauce you know these kind of like um that kind of almost like Greek tapas. So I had loads yeah. of them. Really, really, nice meal. Bought some Mythos beer for my mates. I don't drink beer. Um, I got them for them whenever lockdown is lifted. Um, but then she said to me, "Michael, I've got something to tell you." And I'm like, "Right, okay, what is it?" Thinking that it was really important. She said, "McTasso's, which is a kind of Greek fast food place. There's one in Buchanan Galleries, but there's a wee McTasso's kind of um, you know, takeaway van." in uh, the fort in Glasgow, she said Michael, McTasso's is about to open up again! Wow! <laughs> <The fort. laughs> it's um, all
0: these wee things, it's just...
1: Absolutely, it's like so do you want it's... to go and get a G, you know, we can go or I'll go and get a G, Ross, and I'm like, I'm trying to go meet free, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how that works but it's kind of like those sort of things which are everyday things now become so fantastic and I think that's the, the real thing to embrace uh, as we go forward.
0: Yeah, I mean, we, there's a I love, like, Italian. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a, a place in Kilwarnock called Café da Vinci. So a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago, they decided they were going to open up. It's a really nice restaurant, but they decided they were going to open up for just takeaway only. And nice. I'm not kidding, Michael. It took me three weeks to be able to get an order in. They open they open on a <laughs> a, a, fri- a, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but they open their phone lines on a Tuesday. Oh,
1: wow.
0: Yeah. and it, it, So I managed to get one. Was it Sunday there? Yeah. Um, but then again, the th- these things start to kind of the no- not the novelty wears off because it was really good. But the excitement then calms down and um, mm. whatever. But I think the first weekend like we'll whatever we want. It will just be dead simple stuff. Like maybe even go through to my mum and dad's and yeah. um, you know, go out for dinner and things like that. Aye, and then I
1: think they're they're all they're all beautiful things. You know, there'll be you know there'll be people who do a variety of things. There'll be people who want to go and just get Out and actually feel the sun on your face, or, or whatever it may be, and I think that the fact if we're all doing that, we will all learn to appreciate the simple things in life. And I read read this thing recently, and it might actually be quite a good thing to to, um, to uh, end on. But it was this whole thing about um, the simple things in life, and I don't mean that disparagingly in any way. But it was things that you know, um, you know, a pair of, a pair of trainers that cost a tenner compared to a pair of trainers that cost you 100 quid, will still take you to the same place. Mm -hmm. You know, a a car that's 300 pounds compared to a car that's 300,000 pounds will still take you to the same place. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, through all of the things that have happened, people perhaps will start to appreciate more of the simpler things in life and the real value of things that it really doesn't matter if you've got a car that's worth 300,000 pounds you're still as susceptible to life as someone who has a car that's £300, of, you know, and that simple thing in life and that simple change in perspective, I think, would definitely be welcome, you know.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, and it is that sense of, I, think, I don't know if I did mention it before, but it's funny to know that the last few weeks we've all kind of resorted to doing the same thing. So regardless of how much money you've got, how big your house is, we're all buying yeast and flour and baking and painting. We can't get any fence paint because we're all painting our fences. And there's a bit of satisfaction in the sense that we're all really just quite the same as humans.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, and sometimes, as we were saying there, maybe we just need to learn not to take things for granted um, Mm -hmm. as we go forward, you know, whether that be our health, our loved ones, family, friends, um, a way of life, whatever it may be and going forward just absolutely appreciate everything we have at the moment in time that we have it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely and I'd also kind of like to just take a wee opportunity to thank all the guests for being on Series One. Um, yeah. I think they really made When Life Gives You Lemons what it is. Um, So absolutely appreciate every single every single person that came on for us.
1: Absolutely. I think this uh, journey has taken us to places that we never thought we would go. And, you know, I, I know I haven't really touched on it much, but during this lockdown, I've released my book. And in the inside of my book, I think I there was something I said on here over the course of it that I put into my book as a result of saying it on here because I kind of liked the way it, it sounded. And it was something along the lines of, I don't have my book at hand, but it was, you know, many beautiful destinations are found when you're lost or you take a diversion or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's happened with with um, this podcast that started out as something and look at the amount of beautiful people and beautiful stories that we've encountered along the way. Um And, you know, hopefully we've inspired and motivated and given hope to, to yeah. so many people. And I think it's been... It's been a fantastic journey in series one and continuing series two.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we didn't, like you kind of say, we didn't have much of a plan, if any, at all for how this would all kind of work out. So yeah, I I, I really truly hope that people are kind of taking away something away from each one um, and we'll see you in series two.
1: Thanks very much everyone for listening. I appreciate it. Thank you.